Will you turn with me, please, to the book of Galatians? I'm going to take my time. I want to do a couple of weeks at this. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Could I say, at the outset of this, we're going to be looking at the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. The works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. We're always talking as Pentecostals of the gifts of the Spirit, but we want to look at the fruit of the Spirit, the works of the flesh. And when we bring this, I wanted you to know, because it can be challenging. It should be challenging. And it's not in anyone or to anyone in particular. It's for all of us as Christians and how we are. And this will be more of an introductory to breaking down of what Paul is giving us a catalogue here of the loss of the flesh and the loss of the fruit of the Spirit. And when the Lord started winging this to me, I said, Lord, I want to bring this right because I'm living in grace myself. I need to remember that we're all in grace, under grace. We're all living because of what Christ has done. We're kept by the power of God through faith on the salvation. It's not of ourselves. None of us are anything special. We're all kept by the power of God. So it's not a condemnation. It's an observation. But we want to look at also the, is it scriptural for a Christian to judge? We have to look at that as well. And we'll do that this morning. It won't be exhaustive because we wouldn't have time for it to be exhaustive. But it will be a little in depth. So bear with me this morning and this important that we listen. It's important that you learn. It's important that you take it and you listen to it again and again to get it into you. For in these days, you are going to be challenged, even as the Spirit has said this morning. You'll be challenged for your faith. You'll be challenged by the world. You'll be challenged in the church. You'll be condemned by the world. You'll be condemned by others in the church. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. And keep your Bibles open, for we are going to be reading quite a bit this morning. For, brethren, have you been called unto liberty? Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. By the love, serve one another. But by love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed of one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh And these are contrary one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, 
heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told, also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Even in the reading of his word this morning, I'm conscious of his anointing. Just in the reading of his word. Father, guard my lips to say nothing of myself, but that everything would be Lord, rightly divided through your word and by your word. Speak to every one of our hearts, for this sword cuts both ways. And we pray, Father, this morning that you would challenge us, strengthen us, convict us. Father, we pray your word would have free course in every heart. Glorify the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, In his name we ask it. Amen. The works of the flesh, fruit of the Spirit, war. The Spirit and the flesh war one with another. And when Paul is telling the Galatians, he's mentioning the Spirit. It's capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. That's who he's speaking of. And so Paul gives us an example. He gives us a pattern. He gives us a template, if you want, to use not only in our own lives as Christians, what we should do and how we should act and what we should be looking for, but also what others are exporting from their lives and in our fellowship, one in the company of another. So is it not judging whenever we are to judge those things? For example, if we read our scripture again and Paul speaks of the, the works of the flesh or the lust of the flesh and what it produces. And then he goes into the fruit of the spirit and what it produces. And then we're to judge. It's either one or the other. We're to judge. The dreaded word judge, dreaded by the world, dreaded by the unsaved. You can tell them of little stories of Noah's Ark and have the idea of the big giraffe with his head out the window and all this sort of stuff. And you can tell them of uh, Daniel in the lion's den and a nice big bright angel standing beside him and there's wee pictures that men would draw on their imaginations. And you can tell them of Jesus feeding the 5,000. They're fine, that's okay. But bringing it down to depravity of nature, bringing it down to the sin that's inherited in man from Adam and woman, bringing it right down to who they are outside of Christ. They are degenerate. They are lost. They're sinful. 
and bringing it right down to calling it not mistakes as we hear, but sin right in our very fiber, right in our very being. Born and shaped in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us in. And how can a, a young man cleanse his way? How can we be who are born in the flesh? That flesh from the moment it is born is a little sinner. We have little babies. We have some on the way. And as soon as they're born, even in the womb, they're little sinners. Sinning doesn't make you a sinner. You sin because you are one. That's the nature of man and woman. So whenever we look at this, the world hates to hear the word judge. They hate to hear it. So if we are to agree then, are we to, are we to say then we are not to judge anyone, we're not to judge anything because we are so godly, we're so pious, because we're so lovely, we are just little Christians. Is that what the word says? What happens when you are to judge things for yourself? What happens when you have to make a decision about what is being produced and shown forth? What about our own lives? So whenever we are looking at what Paul is telling us here, we see it is about judgment of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit and what is being produced from the life. What is the driving force behind that in your life and mine and in others outside who are unsaved? The world hates to hear the word sin and the world hates to hear the word judge. It is appointed unto men wants to die. But after this, the judgment. Oh, no, no, no. Tell me about the loaves and the fish. No, no, no. Tell me about Noah's ark. No, no. Tell me about the flood. No, no, no. Tell me about all these lovely things and nice creational stories and it makes us all feel better and we can all go home. That's not the gospel. That's part of the word. But that's not the whole counsel of God. Notice what Paul is saying. We are to judge. Whenever we say something like, even in the church, we're looking at what spirit is manifest. We're looking at how someone's life is being led. Oh, well, then, you know, they're living like this, and it's in an open course of habitual sin, not a one-off or a slip. We'll show you that later. But the idea of it is here that people then would turn around who are the, if I can call it the, the haters of God's law. The hyper-grace, uh, emergent church, the ecumenist, the carnal or religious Christian would say, I judge not, lest you be judged. Brothers and sisters, I have something to tell you. If you ask them, well, where is that in the scripture? They probably couldn't tell you. So let's look at it this morning. Flick to Matthew chapter 7, please. Matthew chapter 7. We'll be hovering around this chapter for quite a bit, so keep it open there, please. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1. The Lord Jesus is the speaker. Judge not, let you be not judged. See, they're right, it is in the Bible. 
For what, with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Many tend to think that the Savior here is giving a license for others to do as they live and none as to judge. And the Savior is not given that sort of a license at all. Many tend to think that it's a command of universal acceptance. So if, if for example, a pedophile has come out of prison and needs somewhere to live, and we're being told he's reformed his ways, he promises never to do it again, will you keep him in your house and let him stay with you? And you have your children there. Would you do it? Or would you say, no, I must judge? So it's not the universal acceptance of a lifestyle. It's not the universal acceptance of how the world lives and we can't judge it either. Gay marriage. Are we to accept that because Jesus said, judge not, that you be not judged? The Lord Jesus isn't speaking in those terms. We're going to look at it. I remember I've seen a poster recently, and this was the words that it said on it. Judge not, for you are not God. Judge not, for you are not God. And they're right. We aren't God. And I'm not God, and you're not God. They're right. So we don't judge by who we are, but we don't judge out of our own hearts. We don't judge out of what we think or we're judging wrong, and we will be judged for that. We judge according to the Word of God, and we can't move from it. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, or you can listen as I read it. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The Word of God is what I would call the judge's gavel. The judge's gavel that comes down upon the block of judgment and hits on the desk, on the, or the block on the desk, and says, this is the sentence that has passed that's been judged. The word of God is not the pastor or the minister or the priest or whoever it may be. It's not the Christian even. It's the word of God. For example, if you judge some, some of you are here in jeans and some of you are in suits. And those in suits may say, see him in jeans. See her in jeans or him in jeans. The Word of God may say, uh, how dare he come to church in jeans? Or sorry, the Christian may say, how dare he come to church in jeans? But they have a right to say, well then, judge me according to the Word and show me where it says I can't. And tell me where I have to come in a suit. You'll never find a suit in the Scriptures. Suits aren't in the Scriptures. Shirts and ties aren't in the Scriptures. I like to dress like this, and I think because of handling the Word, I like to be properly dressed, as it were, according to me but that doesn't make someone else bad. It doesn't make them less righteous. So if we judge according to what we think, and it's not in the Scriptures, then be careful, because then you are overcoming what God's Word says and putting yourself above the Word of God. We're going to go into that too. We'll show you. So notice this. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Let's see the judge's gavel here. 
For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and the marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Notice this. Body and soul, spirit. Here's the body, the soul, and the spirit. The word of God, it gives the idea, pierces right through all of it, through the facade, the flesh and the spirit. The word here for discerner, the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word discerner here is the word kritikos. Kritikos, and it means skilled in judging. The word is skilled in judging. It means the word is skilled in passing judgment on the thoughts of the mind and the hearts of all men and women. The word of God does that. The word of God spoken will pass judgment on every heart. The word of God read will pass judgment in every mind. Because you may think things and I don't know it. But he does. And the word speaks and challenges us. And the word speaks and convicts us. The word speaks and encourages us and compels us. So the word comes and it divides. It's a discerner. Kritikos. It actually means to lift out and to sift out, to analyze. The word of God analyzes you in your seat this morning. The word of God will analyze those who are living all their lifestyles. The word of God is a judge's gavel. And because we have the word of God, we are to judge it. It's not that we're not the judge that we be not judged. It's the manner of the heart that we judge in. That's what Christ is talking about. The word kritikos, by the way, is where we get our English word critique. The word of God will give you a critique whether you're living right or wrong. The word of God will give you a critique on whether you're thinking right or wrong. The word of God will give you a critique on your life. It's the word of God that gives us a critique in order that the Holy Spirit moves in our life as Christians, that is, as born-again believers, and we start to see where we're going wrong or where we need to go right. We start to see what we need to uh, lay down or take up or what we need to go and do or who we need to go and see. And the Word of God critiques us. It lifts out and it analyzes our life. It says, here is what I'm saying. So here we have the the critique of God through his word. And you and I have the open Bible, the word of God in our hands. We are to critique it, everything, by the word of God. So if someone comes and says, sorry, Orange, you're sitting in front of me. You're not on your own this morning. You're all right. I don't mean my hands are there. Others here. Orange, you're wearing jeans. Now, nobody has said that. But if someone says, Orange, you're wearing jeans in the Lord's house, you say, what's wrong with that? And you could turn around rightly so and say, show me it. I don't, I can't come with jeans. I can't, that's just an example. Show me it in the word. Because then they're critiquing you out of their own spirit and out of their own heart, not from the word. See, it's the word of God that sifts out and analyzes. That's only a little example. Jesus was saying that when he's saying, judge not. Don't be judging from yourself. For if you look at chapter 7, Matthew 7, look what he says in verse 3. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but consider not the beam that's in thine own eye? 
You're judging from your own heart. Critiquing from your own flesh. Thy hypocrite. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou clearly see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. So you can see how here how the Lord Jesus is saying, first of all, see the motive that you're critiquing in, that you're judging in. See the motive and bring it according to the word. And if it's not here, don't critique. If it's here, you have the right to judge. Simple as that. I notice, Matthew 7, the emphasis is on the spirit, the heart, the motive behind all the judging. We have to ask ourselves then, when we look, whether it's at a brother or someone out in the world, someone unsaved, is our judgment in anger because they have said something and we just want to get our pound of flesh? Is it in malice? Is it for one-upmanship to make them look uh, inferior to ourselves? Is it point-scoring exercise? Is it to their hurt, to their damage? Is it to belittle them or to shame them? Why would we be judging one another if it's for that motive? And Jesus says then, if you judge with that motive, judge not, that you be not judged. For with what manner, measure of judgment you judge, you'll be judged. That's what Christ is saying here. Because if we do look at the rest of the chapter, look at this. Matthew 7 and verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. But Lord, how are we to know if we don't judge it? How are we to know they're wolves in sheep's clothing? How are we to know what spirit is being manifest? How do we know if we as Christians don't judge lest we be judged with the same measure? Because he's not saying not to judge. We are to. He's saying it's the motive we judge with through the spirit and the word. He says, then look at what they're saying. Look at how they're living. Look at what they're doing. And their lifestyle, their heart will show forth from that according to the word of God. Does that make sense? Now notice. Notice this. Look at verse 16. Ye shall know them by their fruits. So we're looking at flesh and spirit. The fruit of the spirit. And the works of the flesh. You'll know by them producing. Bad trees will always produce bad fruit and good trees will always produce good fruit. And you may get the odd bad apple on a tree, but every time a person may stumble or fall or a Christian may go wayward for a while or they may be weak, that does not mean that they are off the devil. They may have allowed the spirit to weaken in their lives or walk with Christ and the flesh to grow. But the Lord tells us then later, Paul tells us, Two, that we are to bring them in and to build them up, that they'll walk in the Spirit. So the Lord says, you'll know them by their fruits. We're to judge. But when we judge, we're to look at their outward appearance, their lifestyle, for we don't know their heart. 
When the Lord judges, he judges not the fruit. He judges the root. I get it. When the Lord judges, he doesn't judge the fruit. He judges the root. See the unbeliever. See the man and the woman who's out uh, maybe partying last night and they're out doing whatever and they're drinking or whatever they're doing. The Lord isn't going to stay in that day when they stand before him, uh, you know, in, in that day of judgment. He isn't going to turn around and say, well, now, can you remember how many cigarettes you smoked? And can you remember how many pints of beer you drank? Can you remember how many nights you got drunk? Or many swear words you come out with? Or whatever we, we like to list as our list of sins. The Lord is not going to ask them that. The Lord has dealt with it at the root when Christ died. And he's going to say, did you accept my son? That's what he will say. Men and women will be judged on whether Christ has been their saviour or not. Because when Christ is their saviour, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. So when a man and a woman are in Christ, yes, we will stumble, yes, we will fall, and yes, people fail because we're still human, we're in the flesh. But at the same time, those of us who know Christ as saviour and love him with all our hearts, we will return with repentance. And he, through his grace, will lead us on with himself. So we are to judge. It's the manner of judging. Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. We'll not read it. We all know the story of the two men who build their houses, one wise and one foolish. One builds his house upon the rock, the other upon the sand, and of course the wind and the rains, the storm comes, and one is, the one in the sand is swept away, it's no foundation, and the other one is on a rock, and it stands, and the Lord says, this is what it's like. And we say, well, Lord, if we are not the judge, how are we to know? If we are not the judge, how do we know he has a, a, a sand-built house? How do we know he has built his on the rock? How do we know? Judge not. You be not judged. It's not what we hear, even in Christian circles. How do we know? We know because of the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. That's how you know. See, a man and woman who have truly met Christ, their life has never the same. Never the same. None but Christ can satisfy. Another name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in thee. So to judge is biblical according to the Scriptures, not to what you think or I think. It's not to how we feel. It's not to anything else. So it's show me what the Word says. Here is the finalized drawing line. Here, this book the Holy Scripture says, and listen, the Scripture may tell you something that you don't like. The Scripture may challenge you in something that you don't want to really do, and your flesh will fight against it. Your, fle- your flesh will say, I'm not doing it. I don't like it. Well, I didn't think you were going to say that. And, you, and, and we like to hook out the best little verse that suits us the most and the spur goes. But you know fine rightly, within your heart, God has sifted out and he has analyzed your heart and your life and your soul and your mind. And when he does that, 
he lifts it out and he takes it apart and he looks at it. He says, ah, now I can. This is what you need to do. This is what I want you to do. Here's who I want you to see. This is the way I want you to live. I want you to drop this and I want you to take this and I want you to go there. And it's the Spirit analyzing according to the Word. And sometimes my flesh goes, no, Lord. I don't want to. And I want you, I want you to give up such and such a thing. But I love it. I love it. But do you love me more? Ken, do you love me more? Do you love my word? Is my law grievous to you? No, Lord. Then give it up. Because in that, brothers and sisters, is the blessing and the anointing of God. People are saying to me at times, I want more anointing and I'd love to know the Lord more and I want to get closer. Well, you know something? Maybe the Lord has been showing you. It's time to shake off. It's time to not be sitting at home when there's meetings on. It's time to be opening the Word of God and going into the closet and pray and read instead of watching what was some of your programs. It's time to put down the women's mags and uh, magazines, wherever they are, and the men's fitness ones or wherever they may be. It's time to put them down. It's time to put them down and put down your novels. It's time to lift the word of God. Lift it. It will sift out. It will analyze your life. It will challenge you to the point that you want to run, but there's nowhere to hide. It will judge. And you'll be judged by the word in this life to make you better. God will say, I'm judging you now because you'll not be in judgment there. If you're a Christian, you'll not be in judgment at the great white throne of judgment. But what I mean is he judges you now and says, come on, examine yourself here according to my word and I'll bless you. And when we do, he does it to make us more like Jesus. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, John writes, Beloved, Notice, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, if we're not the judge, lest you be judged. How are we to try the spirits, whether they're of God or not? If we don't judge, how do we judge? By what they say. This. Word of God. See the word, if it doesn't, uh, the, the, the interpretive word from the spirit. Or the prophetic word, if it doesn't line up with this, and God isn't through it out and through it all, and Christ isn't through it at all, and centralized in it, then forget it. And you know what you've done? You've just judged it. First Corinthians eleven and twenty-eight, we're told coming around the Lord's table, but let a man examine himself. There's judgment on your own self. Examine your heart. What does the word of God say? While God judges you sitting here this morning, where he has spoken to you in the past, or he's challenged you, and you've just let it, you've laid back on your laurels, or you've said, the Lord will forget about this calling in a little moment. Ask Jonah about that. It just didn't happen that way. He got on the ship. He fell asleep. He was woken up by a storm, and the men and the sailors threw him overboard, and the fish came and took him. And the Lord says, now do what I told you the first time. We must be careful that we don't think God changes his mind the way we do. Because if God changes his mind the way you do and I do, dear, help us. Are we saved today? Or we're not? Am I forgiven? Or am I not? Am I his? 
or am I not? See, he remains the same. He's steadfast. So his word, his calling will be the same to call you. Second Corinthians 13 and 5. Listen to what Paul says. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates. Paul is saying, prove, examine yourself. Are you in the faith? What fruit do we produce? Is it the fruit of the Spirit? Is it the works of the flesh? Do we have the knives out every time we sit around company? Do we have, are we cutting Christians' throats? Or what are we doing here? How is our, our tongue? Come with me to James 4 and we'll close at this point and come back to it, God willing, next week. The book of James, please, chapter 4. Chapter 4. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's your eye, just, just for time's sake. I'll tell you what, we're going to have to read most of this. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Notice, that war lusts that war in your members. You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. Do you know what James is telling us here? That a church that isn't unified in the spirit and in the love of God is going nowhere. And a Christian and a person, a man, a woman who has a spirit like this, Lord of God. He says, and you're praying, Lord, when you do this and when you do that and when you do the other thing, he says, and you don't get it because your motive of your heart is not right. He says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Brothers and sisters, would you do me a favor this morning? Would you read that out loud? Let's read it together. Verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. I didn't say that. The inspired word of God said that. And the Christians that are in the world, living like the world, fellowshipping in the world, those who profess Christ on the Lord's day and they're in the world, he says, you're an enemy of God. It's time the churches started to preach holiness and sanctification again. Because many are saying, I've made a wee profession, I've walked up the aisle, I've said a nice wee prayer, and there's no change in their life. It's the works of the flesh, not of the spirit. And so they're built up and they're 
multitudes in their, in their numbers and they've great churches and they've great big programs on and there's no Holy Ghost. It's just program. Flashing lights and program. The old smoke machine here and there, whatever they do. It's no Holy Ghost. They're friends with the word and the Lord says, you're my enemy. I trust there's no enemies of God this morning here. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth the envy? Now that's small s, so it's your spirit. Now here is some of the most beautiful words in the whole of Holy Writ. Verse 6, but he giveth more grace. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he, he saith, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Submit therefore yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Now hold on a minute. Every church that you're going to now, I can't say every church, but many churches you're going to or people would go to or you'd see on the God Channel, so all, oh, we're going to have a, 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 a hoop they do and knees up every, everywhere we go and it's all joy, joy, joy. Everything's great. Hyper grace. Live how you like. Sure, were you not out last night? And how was your nightclub experience? Now you're in here praising the Lord. The Lord says, it's meant to be the opposite when you're before me. Yes, praise the Lord in the house. Yes, you can dance before the Lord in the house. But he says, when you're coming to me and you know that you need to get right, come in repentance. Humble yourself. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of the brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law. You're breaking the law of God. And judgeth the law. In other words, you're judging. It means here, you're actually writing your own thoughts over the law of God. That's what it means. You're becoming the law, the standard of goodness. You're saying, I know more than the law of God. That's what this means. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Ah, see, he tells us not to judge. Well, let me look at this and we'll close. In James 4, chapters 1 to 5, as we've read, we've looked, it's the works of the flesh. James 4, verses 6 to 10, where we receive more grace, become humble, submit ourselves, resist the devil, draw nigh to God, cleanse our hands, purify our hearts, be afflicted, mourn, weep. Whenever we are like that, then that is the fruit of the Spirit. Here, hold on, I thought the fruit of the Spirit was going to be all hallelujah, happy days, isn't this a lovely feeling? No! The fruit of the Spirit is the Spirit working in you and producing something from you. 
And when we humble ourselves, that's the fruit of the Spirit. When we cleanse our hands and purify our hearts, it means we're coming in repentance, trusting in the blood of the Lamb. And we're saying, Lord, forgive me. Ah, but today, hyper-grace teaching says, you don't need to repent anymore. James 4, 11 to 13, which we have read about judging. It means backbiting one another, fighting in wars with each other, is breaking God's law because here it enshrines the law, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And that's what we read in Galatians chapter 5. And Paul said that in the beginning of our reading, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Turn with it, turn to me, with me to it. Galatians 5, verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's what James is speaking of. Loving one another, and when the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in the yielded saint's life, We're going to look at it next week in the Lord's will. That is the fulfillment of the law. In other words, the Ten Commandments. So, James tells us, God and God alone is a lawgiver, and he alone is not under the law. We all are. James is speaking of the quickness and harshness of judging and backbiting without evidence. For example, a judge in a court needs to have three things. He needs to go deliberate over what he has heard, and he needs to have specific charges. He needs to see definite evidence, and he needs definite facts. And here in James 4, what is being said is, unless you have the specific charges, unless you have the definite evidence with definite facts, don't judge them. Because then you're becoming the one who's over the law. That's what it means. So are we the judges, Christians? Yes. But out of the true motive of our hearts, according to the word of God. Not according out of our flesh or our hurt or anything else. According to this. Now, Lord's will, next week, we're going to look the flesh, and I'm going to open up for you the, 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 what all those words are, the works of the flesh, and what the words are of the fruit of the Spirit. And God willing, we'll look at that next Sunday morning.